0: Alright, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the FearCast. This is the podcast dedicated to OCD, anxiety, anxiety spectrum disorders, um, uh, social phobia, specific phobia, um, that sort of stuff. Um, Stuff that we can be afraid of. How's that? Um, Which just kind of just includes regular life, right? Normal situations that we should be fine in, um, but we get caught off guard. Our brain gets the best of us, starts telling us those dumb stories about ourselves, our future, our reality, our possibilities, and we respond to them. So, um that was a very weird intro uh, i'm your host kevin foss i'm a licensed clinician and i specialize in the treatment of ocd and anxiety spectrum uh, disorders um if you are new to the show go check me out at um, fearcastpodcast.com this is a question and answer based podcast where you can send me in questions and i will answer them on this very show not all the questions are going to be answered on today's show but a couple of them and then um that way, that way i can save them and do future episodes I suppose that makes sense. Anyways, um, we're going to answer two questions. I'm going to answer two questions from you, from you, the listeners. So if you have a question, go to fearcastpodcast.com. No question is too big. No topic is too weird. I'm here for it. You can ask anonymously, which is the best part. Ask the questions about the thoughts that you've never told anybody ask the questions that you're worried about telling your therapist because man what would they say about the questions that your partner um, you're afraid that you don't want to bring to your partner because you're terrified of what they might say that sort of stuff that's what we're about here Um, and um, because these are all thoughts right these are all the stuff that we can all think about some thoughts are scarier than than others sure i'm here with that but we're here with them together so um feel free to check me out as well over at the Instagrams I am Fearcast Podcast over there um I wasn't super creative with that thought um worked for the website it work for the Instagrams. Uh, check me out over there, and uh, sometimes I'll post new things. Uh, I am presently in the works with um, someone, the good Kelly Frankie, if you're familiar with her, um, to do some question and answers over there. There will be more information about that uh, in the future. But um, until then, you'll have to just, just wait with bated breath. I know you're all Excited. So as I previously mentioned, I'm gonna be going over two questions today. Um, but first, um, I'm frazzled. Today I'm frazzled. Um, as many of you are perhaps, um, but probably for different reasons. So I had this whole plan. I'm gonna come into my office Saturday. I don't normally record on Saturday. You normally record on Thursdays, but my schedule's been bonkers, so I can't fit it in. So come in on Saturday. I'm like, man, no one's gonna be here. It's going to be quiet. It's going to be nice, right? Nope. Get to my office. There is a man with a chainsaw, n- n- no more than, I'm going to say, 20 yards from my office, and it's loud. And with my fancy mic, you can hear it. And it's super obnoxious. Now if you've ever listened to a podcast uh, where there's stuff going on in the background, you know how obnoxious that is. And i don't want to subject all of you dear listeners to that um plus i just didn't want to hear it and then have to hear it again when i edit so what did i do i grabbed all my stuff i moved it to a different room here's where i am i am presently as we're talking instead of in my lovely office that i i decorated and love it so much instead i'm in my tech closet i am in i am in arm's reach of just like boxes of coffee k-cups microwave filing cabinet i'm stuffed in here with all of my recording stuff um it's not the most comfortable it's not the least comfortable but i'd prefer to not do it so this is not how i wanted my day to go um and i think that so i'm i'm gonna wrap this up into something that uh, i think we can all um perhaps uh, uh sit with. We, we've all dealt with something like this, right? We try to go on with our day and it just doesn't go the way we want them to. Sometimes it doesn't go the way that we want it to because of obsessive thoughts, because our anxiety kicks up, because our depression kicks in, because just some unforeseen event gets in the way of the stuff that we want. Now, for some of us, it throws us off. For some of us, it throws us off to the point where we feel like we can't really... Um, Uh, Rally, kind of come back from it. Sometimes just the fear or the worry of getting thrown off is going to be enough to keep us from even trying that thing. It's kind of this idea of like, can I even handle it if, you know, the S hits the fan, as it were. Um, if, If the worst case scenario happens, can I even deal with it? Now, sometimes with our fear, we just go, no, I can't. It's too much. It's too much for me. I don't want to deal with it i can't handle it right or we say i don't want to deal with it or I, I i i can't stomach the thought of that thing happening now you wouldn't be alone if you have that thought i get it i've had those thoughts i i with some things in my life i get those thoughts presently and they're kind of overwhelming they're kind of frustrating when we get them but A big question to ask ourselves is, do we have it within our capacity to deal? I recently had a friend on on Facebook say, you know, like all the chaos that's happening in 2020, they're like, I just can't even with this world. And I was just kind of thinking, you know, you got to learn to even, right? We got to learn to can even with this world. Um, And I think we all underestimate ourself and our ability to can or to can even anyways you know what i'm saying um, you all ha, we all have the abilities deep down to try to or to address and to face and to manage the stuff in our life sometimes we just feel like we can't handle like that worst case scenario happening but if we think about it, if we break it down, if we slow ourselves down and think about it from a more rational perspective, we can often identify some skills that we have within us or our abilities to reach out, which, which let's just start there. Number one, everybody, we have the ability to reach out. Sometimes it's hard to do it, though. Sometimes it feels like the friends and family we have aren't as responsive as we'd like them to be. I get that. I get it. But we, all, we also need to learn to give it a try. We also need to take the risk to give that a try. And maybe if we've learned that like our mom or our cousin or our brother or our spouse with certain topics isn't trustworthy in this area, that's okay. We don't need to then write off everybody or that person for everything, but instead we go to the next person. So number one, we need to remember to reach out and th- that we have people outside of us that we can lean on. In times of stress and trouble, two, it's that we can we can be resilient. When we say if it's it's one way or no way, well then we're always going to fail, right? But do we have other avenues, other options? I kind of sometimes think that, you know, with the stressors in our life, you know, we're going to go with we're going to go with option A, right? That's how we deal with most things. Sometimes we go, man, option A, it's not going to work right now, so that's fine. We go to option B. If we let the fact that option A doesn't work destroy us, we're going to have a very long life, and it's going to be really rough. So we go to option B, right? Got flexibility. We're going to go to option B. Sometimes B doesn't work, so we have to go to C, and that doesn't work. And sometimes we go all the way to Z, and and then this is when hopelessness kicks in for some people, right? We say, "I, I just can't handle it. I did everything. We did A through Z, right? Nothing worked you know what we do? We go back to A, and we say, I'm not going to give up. We go back to A, and sometimes, by the way, we go all the way from A to Z and realize that when we have gone through all that, now we go to A, and it works, or it works a little bit. So, sometimes we need to go back and do some things that we've previously done, and maybe it'll work again now, and also be flexible to keep going through the alphabet, and tenacious enough to keep going through the alphabet of options which brings me to my next point is sometimes we need to give an old skill a try. Sometimes the old skills that we haven't done in a while still work and they still are meaningful to us and they can still really help just because we haven't done them in a while doesn't mean they're not useful or it doesn't mean that because it's not the fresh and new thing that you just heard from your therapist doesn't mean it's a bad one and that can i mean sometimes that can be for some of you out there going to play video games as a way to deal with the hard stuff in life. Sometimes it's calling up a friend, sometimes it's um, playing the Tamagotchi, if you're familiar with that, it shows how old I am. Maybe it's just, just journaling, that thing that you did when you were in junior high. Maybe that is the thing that's gonna work. You haven't tried that in a while. That can help you to deal with stressors and struggles and strife. So how does that tie into my deal today or my, my struggle today and my being frazzled? Well, I got into the office, sat down, started going through some of the questions I wanted to potentially answer, started typing them out, and then the chainsaw started. <sighs> Big exhale, frustrated, looked around and went, man, you know what I'll do? Well, first, today's not going my, my way. That's okay, so I can deal, right? So what, what did I do? Step one for me is usually wait it out. If I wait it out, if I you know, give myself a little bit of time, oftentimes the stress or the struggle or whatever's coming will pass, right? So I waited and it got worse and I was further frustrated. So what did I do? I texted the missus and just said how frustrated I was that, uh, that this was happening. She responds back with, boo, exclamation point, as we sometimes do with one another with frustrating things. So I was lucky enough to have someone who was gonna give me some validation with that. But what did I do? I, I reached out for some support and I, I was able to get some of that support. Um, but you know what? It still didn't change my situation, but it certainly felt better. Now, what did I also do for flexibility in dealing with my situation? Well, I gathered up all my stuff and I moved it to the closet. Now, I Tetris'd everything in my desk and it was perfect. It was so sleek and nice and comfortable and and just worked out perfectly, but you know what, it wasn't gonna work for me today. So I upended all that stuff. I brought it into this here closet and here we are, dear listener, in the closet together. That's not exactly where I wanted that se- sentence to go, but um for some of my uh, HOCD friends out there, um it's a trigger. We are all in the closet together. Anyways, um so I dealt with it. I'm going to put it all in here and we're going to see what happens. And maybe it's going to sound weird, and I'm going to have to deal with that. Everyone out there judging the audio quality of this one, how terrible it sounds. Or it's going to sound so much better, and everyone's still going to judge me. Kevin, you waited all this time to, not to record in, your, in, in the, that little closet of yours? It sounded awful before now. Ugh. So, all sorts of stuff that we can worry about, right? So anyways, what I'd encourage you to think about with some of your stressors is, can you deal? How can you deal? What can you do to deal with the worst-case scenario happening because we can. And think outside the box, too. Just because it's not your ideal in what your fear is doesn't mean that you can't deal. There are things that we can do to still have a meaningful life even if our worst-case scenario happens. So, all right, everybody, I think that's enough yammering on for that today. Let's get on to the questions. (laughs) All right, so this first question comes from Christian. He asks, Hello! I am a gay man currently struggling with transgender-themed OCD that seemed to hit me like a ton of bricks. Whenever I've researched my theme, with it being a lot more of a newer, dare I say, trendier theme in OCD, it always is explained as an extension of HOCD. I listened to your episode about HOCD as they share a common ground of being related to the person's identity. In your HOCD episode, you lightly grazed transgender-themed OCD, and I was wondering if, to give me and the small community of TOCD sufferers one more resource to help us out, with an example ERP script just like the HOCD episode. Thank you. You are really helpful. All right, Christian. Well, thank you so much for that. I'll be honest. I was super excited when I got this because um, I haven't had a chance to answer anything about TOCD. There isn't a whole lot of talk about it, and you're right. It is kind of this newer, trendier, more in, uh, not more interesting, but more it, it's it, it's new and novel, right? Um, there isn't much out there, um, and that can certainly make someone who's suffering with it um feel like they're further alone right if there's if you go on the internet and you're trying to find out is there anybody else like me out there and you're not finding anything you come to the conclusion i hey, get it that you're the only one or if there's so little information out there you can still come to that same conclusion that it's so exceedingly rare that you know i'm screwed, right So. So, Christian, uh, thank you for being bold enough to message me with this question. Um, This is kind of what I was talking about at the very top of this episode where I was saying that um, this is is the podcast where we can start to ask questions that uh, we typically wouldn't want to voice because we're afraid of what people would say or think, or we're afraid that someone's not going to understand or know. So, thank you for trusting me with this question. All right, so first and foremost, before I even get on to answering this or trying to get into any sort of script of any type, um, I, I just want to put a little disclaimer up here that um, gender and sex do mean different things, uh, and I will probably use them incorrectly, and I will mix them up, and I will not, I, I will say them wrong, um, and uh, it's because I make mistakes sometimes, and sometimes I'm just not very clear, right? Um, so. As some basic definitions, so uh, gender typically refers to the culture and social markers that surround and kind of make up one's identity as either male or female, whereas sex as a term is going to refer to one's biological and chromosomal makeup, so either XX or XY. Now. I'm not going to spend really any amount of time further than what I already have going over any political discussion over what it means to be male or female, the necessity of acceptance of one's gender or sex, um, what um, transgender means and the politics behind it. Um, I'm not going to spend any amount of time addressing that. Uh, So if that's what you're looking for out of this, uh, dear listener, uh, you ain't going to get it from me right now. So uh, I I apologize. For those uh, definitions of sex and gender and the discussion of that, you can thank my uh, undergraduate uh, uh, sexual orientation and stigma professor, uh, Dr. Herrick. So, thanks. Um, many, many years after the fact. All right, so Christian, back to your question. So um, so for those of you out there, uh, TOCD typically refers to a subset of OCD that often overlaps with HOCD but can be experienced independently. And it's going to surround and evolve questions about whether one will discover that they should be, uh, will become, or are deep down want to be a transgendered individual. Um, now again, this can often get complicated with HOCD because very often um, in society, when we're talking about someone being transgender, there is going to be some very close connection with discussing somebody's uh, sexual orientation and uh, or kind of being on the LGBT spectrum, um, LGBTQ plus spectrum, however many letters there are going on right now. Um, so th- they they do these topics often come up together and i, I, I tend to think and i am open to being wrong on this that this has become more of a popular topic these days because well it's, it's in the news more often right i mean obviously with you know the plague going on we haven't heard a whole lot about uh, uh, those types of uh, issues or concerns or communities because well we've been concerned about the plague but anyways um we we have historically heard it um, more often so um yeah so they do show up often together. And folks with TOCD can often be triggered when just living their life. I mean, certainly just being triggered by watching the news, being being triggered by their own experiences. So, noticing perhaps that they are into or interested or have uh, characteristics similar to the opposite gender. They can sometimes wonder, well, was I? Am I truly that gender? Should I be the gender that I'm in? If you're a guy and you're not into sports, oh my gosh, what does that mean? If you're a woman and you are into sports, oh my gosh, what does that mean? And obviously, you can get uh, more, more detailed and more elaborate from there. So, TOCD is going to be treated just like other manifestations of OCD. So, CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, exposure and response prevention, and mindfulness. So with the CBT part, again, it's going to be little c, big B right little thoughts like like a little time spent on the cognitive piece a lot spent on the behavioral piece but we're gonna for the cognitive piece it is helpful to look at your history with transgender thoughts history with feelings history with experiences um, and then how can we look at those thoughts see which ones are inaccurate distorted blown out of proportion minimized and to see if we can think about your thoughts in a different way or think about that feared story in a different way way. Now, from that, and and, and I would encourage anyone who's experiencing TOCD thoughts to work with a therapist on this to try to uh, consider this. Now, oftentimes, compulsions are going to be revolving around evaluating these things but there's a difference between challenging them and evaluating them from a compulsive manner oftentimes when it's that compulsive evaluation the person's trying to find certainty in their gender or certainty that they're never going to become or want to be a transgendered individual start taking steps towards that or something to that effect now as i mentioned little c big b This is where the the behavioral piece is gonna be one of the most important things that we can do in OCD treatment, anxiety treatment too. So with the behavioral piece, we're gonna try to address this with exposure and response prevention. Now, as we've talked about before, this is progressively getting you closer towards your fear while resisting anything that would reduce, nullify, neutralize, or otherwise help you to avoid that terrible, awful, horrible feeling or giving yourself reassurance, right? So it's the exposure to the fear response prevention, the response is the compulsion. So, we're preventing the compulsion, right? So, what is that going to look like? So, that's really going to be driven by what your compulsions are and what triggers that fear. So, as I said, everybody, if you were to just simply live your life as you, hist- as you have desired and resist doing compulsive behaviors, you're going to do pretty well But that's easier said than done, obviously. Right. So what do we do? We can we can put together a list and thinking about all the different things that trigger your anxiety and say, you know what, I'm just going to go do those things because screw it. I've spent this time in my cognitive restructuring, doing the CBT aspect, challenging the thoughts and realizing that, you know, my thoughts are just thoughts. These feelings are just feelings and moving forward with it. And we're going to see how it goes. Right. So, it might be watching movies with transgender characters in them, right? So, you can watch The World According to Garp. This is a... Very old movie. Most of you have probably not seen it. You can watch that. You could watch Mulan. You could watch Transparent, the TV show. You could watch the movie The Danish Girl. These are all fantastic movies that may trigger that that, that, that feeling. You can be reading books or articles about trans characters or the experience of discovering that that one was uh, a, a trans individual or they wanted to go through that process, right? Now obviously discovering that one isn't the gender they, they are or ought not to be the gender that they currently are. Um, that is different than being a transvestite. So someone who dresses up in men's clothing or women's clothing or, or otherwise uh, wears the clothing of the opposite gender that they currently are identifying as. But there can be a lot of overlap and a lot of fear related to those things. So th- those I, I, I've seen have been combined. So it, one exposure can be just you know, wearing gender-ambiguous clothing, or just wearing women's clothing, or just wearing men's clothing, right? Lastly, another exposure can be acting out of character. Christian, as you were talking about, feeling like you're never going to really know yourself. Um, so, acting out of character. So, watching movies or TV shows you don't normally watch, using words you don't normally use, it can feel like an act, and, and that's kind of the point, is that it feels kind of silly, but isn't that the fear, that you're not you, or that you're not going to discover who you are? or you're gonna discover that you're not who you thought you were. All right, and the last part is the mindfulness component. This fits within all of this, and this fits across the board with all manner of, of anxiety treatment. What we're doing with this is we're making an effort to live a values-driven life, despite not knowing who you truly are, which can, uh, let's be honest, it can seem pretty ironic, right? We're, we're saying, all right, we're gonna live a life according to my core values, even though I may question my true values, may question who it is that I truly am, um, but you know what? We're gonna say who cares. We're gonna go with the best that we know. You and I, in the effort of doing treatment, and also to back, let's back this up. In the course of living life, we're constantly discovering stuff about ourselves, right? We don't. We didn't figure out who we were at twelve and just kept doing it. Very few of us did. There, I'll probably get a call or like one person out there is going like, I did, and we're like that's great. It's because you're thirteen, anyways. But for those of us for those of us older folks, is that we didn't discover who we were at twelve and just stayed that way. We grow, we change, we mature, we have new interests, we lose interest in things that we previously had, right? That feeds into or that that sometimes with the anxiety provides evidence that we will discover that we're not who we are. Okay. We need to take that with a grain of salt and a little bit of risk we need to take the risk that maybe we are going to discover this thing about ourselves in the future. But oftentimes, it's not happening right now. What usually is happening right now is we're having a thought. We're having a thought about that feeling, or excuse me, we're having a thought about that change or discovering that thing about ourselves. But it's not the thing actually happening right now, at least, right? That thing is um, ages and ages hence. It's not right now. But what if, right? but I could. Kevin, I was into this, or I had this thought, or I saw this movie, and I felt this feeling. Great. It's fantastic. But did you then go, well, I guess I'm transgender then. And it stuck, and it stayed, and it never wavered? It probably did, right? So, what we want to do is accept in this that we're having these thoughts, we're having these feelings, and having these fears and uncertainties. That's what's happening. It is. But it doesn't mean it's true about who we are. Or going to be. So, our job in acceptance is accepting the reality that we're in, not the reality of the thoughts. They're different. And then saying, historically speaking, who is it that I've wanted to be? What is it that I've tried to do? And can I go forward and do that to the best of my abilities? You said, hey, Kevin, can you put together an acceptance script just like the HSCD one? So, yeah, of course I can. And it will give me a chance to whip out that uh, uh, that, that mindfulness meditation music. So, But one of the things that's going to be different in this is that it's not really going to be a script uh, in the cognitive exposure sort of way, but more in acceptance and diffusion exercise a-, a-, a la ACT. So what I'd love to do, well, first off, before we do that, we need to remember that exposures are going to depend on the focus of the fear, right? What is it that we're afraid of in this moment? Now, I'm, going to, uh, I'm making this one more about what you talked about. So, not really knowing who I truly am, and in relation to it being a transgendered uh, uh, issue. And not really knowing, who, knowing your true identity, because we may not may never discover who it is that we truly are, and you and I need to accept that. And I say that for myself as well. And I think everybody else, if this is not your fear, we also need to look at and just, sometimes we can just acknowledge, yeah, I, I, I may learn something new about myself. Your brain, when it hears that, says, yeah, and I'm going to discover that I'm transgendered. You know what, Christian, we need to sit with maybe. But what I'd love to do is to do a little bit of an audio acceptance script. Now, the goal of this, I'm going to say a bunch of things, all right? Some of them may apply to you, some of them may not apply to you, and that's okay. What I want you to do is simply to sit in this feeling and in this thought. What I want you to do is to simply sit and listen. Now, I'm going to play some music here in a moment. And what you're going to do is you're going to sit and hear what I say and resist the urge to refute the statements, fight them, to prove that the thoughts are right or wrong or not about you, but instead to to sit with the weight and the anxiety and the mental images and the physical sensations that come up As you hear these phrases, because you can envision them almost as if you're in a movie theater and hearing actors say these phrases, some things that the actors say will apply to us, some of them will not. But we can sit back and tolerate them as statements and as things that we are hearing that may or may not apply to us, but you and I can deal We can sit with and tolerate the feelings, the thoughts, the images, and sensations that come up with them without proving them one way or another, and you and I can continue to be who it is that we are despite hearing and thinking and feeling these things. As usual, if this is going to be too much for you, and if you, either Christian or you, another listener, is not ready for this exercise, skip past this, just fast forward a little bit, And you can listen to the next question. All right, so let's begin. I have OCD. I have doubts. I question myself. I question who I am. I question what I am. Am I truly male? Am I truly female? I might not know who I am. I may change my gender. I may never be happy with my gender. What if I discover I'm trans? What if I want to be trans? I might be trans. It would be easy for me to discover that I'm trans. It would be easy to discover that I'm transgender. I may question everything about myself for the rest of my life. I'll never know who I truly am. Christian thanks so much for sticking it through that exercise. What did you notice? What did you think about? What went through your mind? How did you feel? What did you notice about the feelings throughout that exercise? Did it get worse? Did it get better? Where was the feeling located in your body? Did it shift? What was surprising about this to you? What have you learned about your ability to resist fixing or solving or negating these thoughts. So, Christian, I think I'm going to end it here with this question for now, but thank you so much for this question. And to all you other listeners out there, if you're experiencing this uh, subtopic, feel free to ask me a question. I would love to learn more about what your experience is like, so feel free if you want to go over to fearcastpodcast.com, and go to the Submit a Question link. Describe what your experience is like. I would love to hear how you have dealt with it, how you've experienced it, what limitations have you found because of it, and what are you doing to overcome this fear and to get back to your life? I think that would be an interesting topic. So if you want to share that story, I'd be happy to share these stories, your stories. And again, they can be anonymously in a future episode, and we can dedicate a whole episode to them if we want to. So again, Christian, thank you so much for this question, and best of luck. (laughs) All right, so everybody, this last question comes from Rose. Rose asks, Hey, Kevin, I struggle mainly with POCD. So, uh, for, for you and me, everybody, that is pedophile OCD. Uh, Rose goes on to say, Every day I'm devastated with the thought, not just that I could be inappropriate with a child, but a feeling that it will happen. Emphasis on will. I see images running through my mind, and I feel a need to know how I will act in the future and that I will never hurt anyone. To clarify, I don't want to hurt or be inappropriate with anyone. I have always looked forward to having a family with my long-term partner, but I have become so scared. I don't know how I will be able to change my baby, shower my child, and so on. I would do anything to make these thoughts go away, but I know that's not possible, or the aim here. I have no idea how to accept uncertainty on a topic like this. I couldn't bear it if these thoughts came true. Do you have any advice? Thank you so much and all the best, Rose. All right, Rose, thank you again for this question. Thank you so much for um, for the boldness to send this one in the and the courage to send it in. So, What you're experiencing is something that a lot of folks with POCD have. I've worked with folks who have put off having a child, who have just put off having children at all, or have gone many, many years between their first and second child because they were afraid of what it would mean if they had a second child. POCD comes with it so much stigma and fear. So much. So many folks that I work with who have POCD, um don't tell anybody. Some folks are even hesitant to talk to me about it. They'll, they'll, they'll start like my, their initial phone call or they even do their initial assessment in these vague, ambiguous terms. They're just worried about what I'm going to say. Folks with POCD sometimes will be afraid to even talk to their doctor about these thoughts and feelings for fear that they will not understand what it means and will report them. They will think that they are genuinely a pedophile. Um, and that is something that unfortunately can happen, but it's not something that always happens. And in in explaining it in the right way, you can really get someone to understand that just as you said, you don't want to you don't want to hurt or be inappropriate to anybody or with anybody. But um, POCD comes with it so much fear. So I'm sorry you're having to go through that. But that being said, Rose. Um, you said, I'd, I have no idea how to accept uncertainty on a topic like this. And you also said, I couldn't bear it if these thoughts came true. So, what do we do with this, right? How do we move forward in life? You said you want to have kids. Sounds like you and your partner both want to have kids. Great. So, what do we do? Well, first off, when it comes to acceptance, we need to remember that, that what we're needing to accept right now isn't the reality that you're going to be inappropriate with your child. What you need to accept right now is the presence of the thought, the discomfort that you get from those, and, this is the scary one, the possibility that you could. Now, the three things with that— The thoughts, I'll tie in the images as well, so four things, right? The thoughts, the images, the feelings that come with it, and the possibility that it could happen. Now, what does that mean, right? Now, I heard what you said that you don't want to do this. Fantastic. I don't want you to do it either. And for the record, I don't want me to do it, nor anybody else to do it. But... Just because we don't want it to happen doesn't mean that we're then going to do it, right? Thought-action fusion sometimes does this thing to us where if we have this thought of like our worst-case scenario, somehow we believe that if we think about it more and more, like we're likely to then do it. Um, it's simply not the case. If that was the case, the writers of like all the horror movies out there, um, like the writers of Saw, there were like five of them or something like that, right? They'd all be in jail. What did they do? They spent years of their life thinking about horrific, murderous, violent, terrible things writing it down in detail they went to storyboard phase of their movie they went to the set where they were designing these horrible things they went to the premiere they talked about it they made enough money on that first one they made a second third and 12 i don't know how many they made the whole point is they spent a good chunk of their life thinking horrible thoughts they didn't do it as far as i know And if it was likely that thinking about it meant that we were going to then do it, like the police would just be rounding up those folks anyways, just kind of in anticipation that they were going to do it. So thinking a thought doesn't mean it's likely going to happen. But Rose, that wasn't your question. Objectively speaking, if it were to happen, it would be awful. It would be awful. And I can't have you habituate to that because that would require you to do it. Right? I can't have you habituate to being a pedophile. But what we can work on habituating to is the presence of the thought, the feeling, the sensations, and the possibility. Now, if you're a regular listener, Rose, you've heard me talk about the car, uh, the car accident example, right? Just because something is possible doesn't mean it's probable. All of us have the capacity to do awful things. We do, We all, and furthermore, we are all open to the possibility of terribleness happening in our life to a certain degree. You're kind of saying, I can't, I'm not open to this one. It's simply not okay with me. But you're open to terrible things happening otherwise. You're open to getting into a car accident and dying, or becoming maimed, or becoming paralyzed, or something awful happening in a car, simply by the evidence that you're probably going to get into a car today and drive. And if it's not the car, it's a ferry or it's going to be the tube or the subway for us Americans. It's going to be, it's going to be something like that, right? Some conveyance where we're going to go faster than walking or even riding a bike and you can get messed up riding a bike. Anyways, the whole point is we're open to the possibility because we're saying I'm going to get on this thing, this 2000 pound death machine, and I'm going to hope for the best. Now, we haven't died in a car accident yet so we kind of go and probably not but we know that it's possible right so we get in the car and we trust and we hope and we rely on our driving capabilities we drive we we, we trust in the uh, in the rules of the road we trust in generally speaking that other people around us don't want us to get hurt too right and that's all based on our experience and what we know about other people but we take all of that And we use that as the launching pad to getting in our 2,000-pound death machine and hoping for the best, right? Knowing that it could happen, but it probably won't, right? So what do we do with kids and the thought about potentially being a pedophile? We rely on everything you told me earlier today or earlier in this message is that you don't want to do it. It's not something that you've really wanted. It's not something you grew up going like, you know what sounds really cool? Being a pedophile, right? Up top, everybody. Like, that's not what you're doing. You say, that's not what I want to do. Fantastic. I'm going to presume that you also haven't molested a child uh, before. Cool. Which means, because it's highly against your values, against typically what you've historically wanted to do or be about, you and I are unlikely to do the things, the worst things that we, we, we think about but we need to be open to the possibility of it happening. Now it's this weird it's this weird juxtaposition of us being in, right? Cuz it's not a yes that it's going to happen or a no it's never going to happen. It's a maybe. But so is driving in a car, right? So, we sit with this maybe. It's the discomfort if you think about a timeline from where we are now and then on into the future. It's the timeline Think about it like a video game. If you ever played one of those video games where it's like you, you're you're in this you're in a spot on the map and there's like you see like the little bit around you and then everything else is kind of grayed outside, but as you walk and discover this land, it kind of it becomes clearer and you see what's just around you. Think about your timeline of life like this. It may be the worst case scenario is out there. It's out there in the gray section. It's out there in the gray area, right? We see what's just right now in our moment. And we take the next step and we see what's there. And maybe the worst case scenario isn't there and that's cool. And we go, great, next step. What's there? I don't know. It's in the gray, but we take the step and it becomes ungray because now we're in the moment and we see what's actually there. Now, We keep doing this. So what do we do? How do I accept this moment? It's I take the next step. I take the next step and I see what's gonna happen. And we see when or if or if it ever happens. Now, of course, there's gonna be an element of hope in this. I hope that it doesn't happen. Now, while hope can become a compulsion, as can anything else, but think about it like faith. I take this next step in faith, trusting and myself, trusting in who I have been, trusting that I am um, going to act in accordance with my values in this next moment. When we're in the moment, then we can decide what we're going to do, right? But we're trusting our future self. But Rose, this is future use problem, not use today's problems. Because you can also think about like uh, other scary things that could happen in the future, right? How will you react when you get arrested for embezzlement from your company? I don't know either. I don't even know if you'll do that, but you can ask that question, right? How are you going to react when you hurt your spouse, either emotionally or physically? I don't know either, but those things could happen in the future. They might. You will probably hurt your spouse emotionally. We all do at some point, and we will all be hurt by our spouse emotionally, uh, sometimes physically. But how are we going to act? I don't know. They both go against our values and our desires, but we move forward in life, hoping they don't happen, trusting that we won't go against our values, and seeing what happens, and we'll discover it if and when it happens. So, furthermore, to that question, Rose, that you said, um, I feel I need to know how I will act in the future that I would never hurt anybody. So, Rose, going back to one of your previous statements, is you said, "I feel I need to know how I will act in the future." You don't. You really don't. None of us. Furthermore, none of us know how we're going to act in the future. All I know is what I'm going to do right now. And sometimes I don't even know what I'm going to do right now. We need to remember that the only time that we can act in is right now. I can only do something right now. I can't do something ten minutes ago, and I can't. Do something 10 minutes from now. I can't control right now something that's going to happen in 10 minutes because I'm not there yet. I'm right now right now. I'm right here right now. That's the one I can control. So the question is right now, well, am I going to molest my kid? Probably not. Do I want to? Eh, low on the priority list. I guess I won't. Historically speaking, and kind of right now, what I want to do is to non-molest them, so I'm going to choose right now not to. Now, am I oversimplifying it? Of course. Am I ta- now? Are we also talking about if we were to elaborate this out further? Well, what do I do with the thoughts and the feelings? And yes, all those things are important to talk about and to sit with. But for the uh, for the sake of of, our, of this podcast, I can't go into f- 45 hours of discussion of that. Um, actually. Since this is episode 46, you can probably go back in with the previous 45 hours. No, no, they're not 45. They're They're not an hour long, all of them, but you get the idea. Anyways, so, Rose, so what do we do? What's my advice? It's to trust your moment. Trust you right now. And to let go of the needing to know about the future, but to go forward in life anyways. Knowing that it could happen, but knowing that it probably won't. But it could. And to sit with that dichotomy, to sit with that gray between those, it probably won't, but it could, kind of like you do with driving a car, kind of like you do about potentially hurting your spouse or embezzling from your company. Sit with that unknown and take the next step in life, with whatever that is. Challenge yourself as well. If you are working with a therapist, and I highly encourage you to work on this, because this is overcomable. It will come down to you taking that risk at some point. But to work with a therapist on challenging the legitimacy of these thoughts, to notice how you are doing compulsions, where you're doing compulsions, to try to give yourself that certainty, because you cannot be certain about this. I cannot be certain in my life if I will do this to my child. I do not want to do this, but I cannot have certainty So, we all move forward with this uncertainty. The next would be to work on exposure specifically to this thought and to learn that you can sit with these thoughts and that you can continue to live your life right now. You can continue to be rose in this moment and have those thoughts. You continue to want to have kids and continue to make steps towards having kids with these thoughts. You can do those two things at the same time and still be you and still have your values of not wanting to do it even though it's in your head. And remember, as we've talked about a gazillion times before, oftentimes our brain will give us the worst thing to think about uh, because it illustrates to us what our values are. You don't want to molest a child. Cool, your brain's gonna go, hey Rose, you know what the worst thing you could do right now? This, think about this, don't do this, avoid this, this thing right here that you're thinking about, don't do it. That's what it does. And it kind of does it obnoxiously like that. So, Rose, I know this is a bit of an overview, but that would be my advice. Practice sitting with these thoughts. Notice, notice what it feels like in your body. Notice how it shows up in your head. Notice the thoughts as they swell and flex and move and shift, and to take the step back with it and to say, okay, all of these thoughts are gonna be okay right now, and I'm gonna to continue to be me right now. I'm gonna just acknowledge that they're there, and they're not my favorite, But I'm going to keep moving on in life, doing what I want to do, even though they're there. So I know all of this is easier said than done, Rose, but it's a practice that you can work on with a therapist. But I appreciate you bringing up this question. I think a lot of folks have this question and kind of wonder what to do and how they're going to be able to get through it. So thank you so much, Rose, and best of luck. all right, everybody, thank you so much for making it through this next, or through this, the 46th episode of the fear cast. Um, so there are fun stuff coming up on the podcast. Um, I, have got a, a, I've got a, a series coming up that I'm kind of excited about and it's kind of in the works. I'm working on it slowly because my schedule has been bonkers as I've mentioned. So furthermore, uh, be on the lookout for news and information about, um, uh, a, a, a pairing up a teaming up with, uh, Kelly Frankie, the great and powerful and brilliant Kelly Frankie. Um, so as I mentioned uh, in some of the questions if you have a question uh, for future podcasts shoot me an email or message me over at fearcastpodcast.com if you want to share your story About TOCD or even POCD or any other type of OCD, let me know. I would love to have a collection of these stories and just do some feedback episodes or just do a sharing episode where I will read your stories. Or if you want to audio record your own story, let me know. Um, To that point, I've been thinking about this a lot. If you want to be on the show, message me. If you would like to share your story about what your life has been like, what you've worked on, how you've overcome OCD, or how you're in the middle of working through it let me know. Email me. Now, by the way, I'll say this. Don't have your agent message me. I've had some agents message me. I don't want to hear it. I want to hear from you. You're the important person here, not your agent. It's it's a very weird scenario. Anyways, if you want to add something to these as well, something for either Christian or for Rose in these, message me as well. Uh, I'd be more than happy to uh, fill the or to uh, add this to a future episode. All right, everybody, uh, you've heard enough. Um, Please remember the FearCast is not a substitute for psychotherapy. If you have questions about therapy or need a little bit of help, go to FearCastPodcast.com, go to the Find Help link, and there will be some info for you there. Um, All right, everybody, until next time, take a risk, challenge yourself, and don't take your brain too seriously. Bye.